Hi, I'm Leola. I'm a sacred intimacy mentor and muse and the host of this podcast. Talk Tantra to Me introduces a playful perspective on sacred sexuality. My intention in this podcast is to integrate intimacy and spirituality, empowering you to reclaim your eroticism. It is my mission to inspire you to let go of shame, fear, and limiting beliefs to be present as your highest self in every moment. Thanks so much for tuning in. Now, let's talk Tantra. Welcome to episode 19 of Talk Tantra to Me. It is such an honor to be holding space for this divine knowledge to make its way into your ears and lifestyle. So today I'm sharing a recording of a live Q&A I did last week on Instagram. I asked my followers in the week leading up to the live Q&A to message me their questions about Tantra, sacred sexuality, and spiritual intimacy. I also offered this as a space um, to ask questions or for advice about relationships, love, and sex. And this was so, so fun. Uh, and I definitely intend on doing more. So if you ever have any specific questions for me or would like to a- ask advice about dating or your relationship or your sexuality, feel free to shoot me a message on Instagram or an email and you know I can offer my perspective. And I also just want to say, Look, I'm answering from my experience. I don't proclaim to be an expert or a certified therapist, but I am applying years of study and personal experience to offer suggestions. And additionally, I do offer uh, longer term one-on-one mentorships. If you'd like to, if you'd like support to go deeper with spiritual intimacy and sacred sexuality, um, you know, I do offer free discovery calls. Uh, first call is free. And in that in that space, you're able to get a sense of, you know, the intentions that you have and if that aligns with what, what I'm able to offer. And at that time, I can also offer other resources to support you, especially if, if we decide it's not the right fit. But it is truly my, my deepest pleasure to offer support in this space um, in any context. So please do not hesitate to reach out to, to schedule a discovery call. You can, again, send me an email email talk tantra to me at gmail.com or you can send me a message on face or i'm sorry instagram um it's at leola talks tantra or at talk.tantra.2.me that's the podcast um account so without further ado though let's go ahead and jump into this live q a so the first question i received was what exactly is Tantra and what are the practices and rituals like? So Tantra means so many things depending on who you are and what your intentions are and what your lifestyle is about. Um, I like to say that Tantra itself is like an ocean. There are so many um, different places that you can explore within you know, our, our great seas and you can also kind of play on the surface or dive really deep into certain practices. But essentially the word Tantra itself, um, Tan means um, expansion, like a woven um, group of modalities or moments um, that are expanding and growing. In tra, tantra, tra means instrument for. So it's really this instrument for expansion. The idea is really finding your highest truth and then living in alignment with that. Um, so 
again, it can mean so many different things. Um, Tantra happens to be really associated with sexuality, though. And the reason that is is because there are lots of modalities that are about, you know, expansion and opening your mind. However... Um, they don't typically address sexuality because it's so taboo, whereas Tantra recognizes that this is the most powerful force in our bodies, um, and when we're able to touch in with this energy and, and start to understand how it works, then we can channel that into manifesting um, growth and expansion in our lives and connecting with our deepest desires and our purpose. So that's kind of an overview of what Tantra is. However, uh, I recommend listening to episode 15 of my podcast, Talk Tantra to Me, which goes much more in depth of what Tantra means to me and kind of the history of the practice things like that. Um, the next question that I have is how do I introduce um, Tantra to my partner? So the first thing that I would say to do would be to let go of any expectations that it will go any certain way. Tantra is really not about having a goal. Even orgasm is not a goal. It's about being super present in your bodies by yourself or with a partner. So when you're with a partner, I would suggest maybe starting small with some simple exercises and maybe just say, hey, like I read about this Tantra. It sounds interesting. I would love to like try exploring that in our practice. Um, maybe even send them like a little article or an episode of my podcast to give them an overview. Um, but you could start small with it with an exercise or a ritual such as eye gazing, which means that you just look into each other's eyes and really connect on a deep level before you go into an intimate situation, whether that is physical intimacy, um, having sex, or you know, having a beautiful discussion, um, talking about what's going on for you, things like that. Um, breathing together is another really beautiful practice, synchronizing your breath. Um, one way that I think is probably the best, uh, the best ritual or practice to start with would be a Tantra massage. Everyone loves getting massaged, so you can't go wrong here. Um, definitely set the scene. I would do like light some candles, uh, maybe have an incense burning, you know, have them lie down, maybe create a nest on the floor. And Tantra massage isn't just about going straight for their genitals. It's really about allowing them to fully relax so that they can surrender to the feeling. And then they're able to see how this energy moves within their body. Um, so definitely start with like full body massage, but use a little bit more sensual and erotic touch rather than just like, um, therapeutic. Um, just kind of like even, even going towards like maybe, maybe massaging their genitals and then going back to massage their feet and then going back to their genitals and then massaging their head. And that kind of allows them to get to these peaks of pleasure, but then coming back into a grounded space. And that's when you start to have full body orgasms and energetic orgasms because you're, you're, you're having waves of pleasure that build upon each other. Um, it's recommended uh, in a lot of you know tantric texts to at least pick one day a week that you do a longer ritual that's about four hours is the recommended number. Um, having this time to schedule in to your day um, or your week really allows you to make the time and show up in that way that's like totally able to surrender so you're not worried about like kids running around or work calls coming in, things like that. 
Um, what else? Um, I wrote some notes for this one. Also, this goes to say that Tantra, again, is more than sex. While Tantra does um, include sexuality as a component, it's really just a tool in the toolbox. So if you want to introduce Tantra to your partner, you need to make sure that you're also showing up and doing the work. Um, sexuality is the tool, but you have to integrate you know, the, the work that you're doing in your day-to-day. -day. So start, face, start facing your shadows, um, loving yourself unconditionally and fiercely. And if you're partner is mature and like emotionally capable they're going to really support the work that you're doing and want to step into that and then they're also going to want to use sexuality as a tool for their own expansion so that those would be my recommendations for how to introduce tantra to your partner one last thing that you can also do is work with a professional um, i'm listed on a website called sacred arrows it's s-a-c-r-e-d-e-r-o-s.com sacred arrows there's lots of um, professionals in the tantric space on that website. You can also Yelp sometimes or just Google search like tantra massage or tantra practitioner in Colorado or LA or wherever you are. Um, and you can work, you can introduce your, your partner together in that setting. Um, and there's so many different ways that professionals work, which I'll get into later. Someone asked specifically about that. So uh, the next question I have is, what do you do to cultivate sexual feelings or arousal when they aren't present or if you're having a hard time getting in touch with them? So the first thing that I would suggest and what often happens for people that are having these issues and honestly with most people today is that there's lingering shame, fear, or guilt around your sexuality. Um, it is my opinion, it's my truth that you can't grow up in this world today without having some sort of sexual shame, guilt, fear, or, or trauma, even if you weren't physically harassed or, I mean, I think almost every woman I know at some point has been catcalled, which is, you know, kind of a form of harassment. Um, but even then, like our education in school and from our parents um, around sexuality is often really fear-based. So uh, this causes a lot of shame around like masturbation is a big one. People have a lot of shame around masturbation because it's taught in our religions that that's not okay. Um, often our parents will kind of chastise us for having things like Playboy or Round or vibrators or anything like that. So oftentimes those like memories, those experiences stay in our bodies if we're not able to address them. And that can cause us to suppress our sexuality and to suppress these um, feelings. So that my the first step that I would say is identify what that means for you. And it's something that you can work with on um, by yourself. There's lots of great books and resources. However, I definitely recommend working with a professional. It's something that I do um, mentoring people on kind of understanding where they might have those um, lingering shames, fear, guilt, limiting beliefs stuck in their body, being able to liberate that so that you're able to root in a higher truth for yourself and experience, you know, deeper levels of pleasure and presence. Um, other things I would recommend are working with um, pelvic floor exercises. So this is, you know, for, for women, it's the Kegels, but men also can do pelvic floor exercises. Um, those muscles just kind of go from the perineum uh, up into the penis. Um, and I recommend, I think it's episode eight. Episode eight of the podcast is a guided meditation that gets you working those muscles um, in, in, in conjunction with your chakra system. The chakra system is, um, 
and the energetic centers in your body. There's episodes on that as well if you're interested, but that's not really what this question's about. So I'm not going to go too deep into that, but that's a really good way to get those, um, those juices pumping uh, by activating the muscles and the energy there. Uh, last thing that I would recommend is that there are some herbs um, and supplements that you can take to uh, help your sexuality to to boost boost that energy. Um, ashwagandha, I think, is good for men. Ashwagandha, it's A S H W A G A N D A, and Shatavari for women. Um, it's S H A T A V A R I. Um, there's others out there, but those are the two that I know off the top of my head. So the next question I have is, um, I feel shame and guilt for not wanting a poly relationship. So I'm guessing that your partner does want a poly or open relationship. For those that aren't aware, polyamorous or poly relationship means that you have, you know, several partners or you have some contextually open relationship. Um, poly means so many different things. Like in each relationship, you can kind of set the rules and the parameters for what works for you. Um, so you were, the, the, the questioner had asked, like, I'm feeling shame for, for not wanting this. So I'm guessing their partner does want this and they're feeling a little bit of pressure to open up in that way. So what I would say is that each person has their own needs, their own preferences, their own boundaries, and they're all valid. This person wanting a poly relationship is a totally valid preference. They can want that. You not wanting that is equally valid. Just because they don't align doesn't mean that someone is wrong or um, is prude or is, you know, a sex addict or whatever. Um, however, when it comes to Tantra, it, it's like anything goes. Like poly can be Tantra or it cannot be Tantra. Being monogamous can be Tantra and it can also not be Tantra. It's more about what's your why. What's the intention behind wanting either a poly relationship or a monogamous relationship. Um, it's kind of like if you get in your car and you're like, oh, I'm just going for a drive. There's really no intention. You're not trying to get anywhere, which is okay. However, if you say, oh, I'm going to get in my car and I'm going to go to the store and get these things and then I'm going to go to the beach, then you have an intention suddenly. You're trying to get somewhere. So if you have an intention between being monogamous, maybe it's something like, I am my, I deeply desire to be monogamous because that means that I can have a, a sacred container that's very, um, very respected and very safe for me to reach the deepest levels of my humanity. And that's what I need to be in an expansive state. Okay. The why that could be tantric for, um, someone that wants a poly relationship is that they think they believe that they're able to be in this expansive state when they have total freedom and limitless love and limitless possibilities. So that would be their why, right? So both of these things are great reasons to be in a monogamy or in polyamory. They're, they're both rooted in the core belief of stepping into an expansive state. However, um, they're completely different ways to get there. It's like, again, taking the boat or I'm sorry, taking a car or taking a boat to, you know, where, where are you trying to go? Um, meanwhile, monogamy can be very limiting um, if, if you have especially fears, guilt, shame around polyamory and you're using monogamy as a way to stay safe and to feel loved and to, to get that love externally from your partner. If you have fears that, you know, your partner might meet someone else and that's your reason for wanting monogamy, 
It's not the best reason. It's not an expansive reason. Meanwhile, polyamory could be, you know, not healthy or not tantric if you feel like you just can't get enough and you're and you're looking for love again from all of these other sources and you don't believe that your partner will ever be able to satisfy that and you won't you can't find that love within yourself. That's an unhealthy reason to be wanting polyamory. So what it comes down to is what's your why? Why do you want these things? And I believe that maybe if you're able to communicate that with your partner, you might see there's lingering fear, guilt, shame on both sides, and maybe you'll be able to come to a, you know, contention together in this space. Or you could decide, you know, I need monogamy to reach my most expansive state, and your partner says, I need polyamory to reach my most expansive state. Those things are not the same. Then maybe it's not the right partnership, and that's also okay. You can support your partner in, in maybe in, in, in a mindful separation where you're allowed to find those things elsewhere. And really, what it comes down to is we often, like, when we connect to what our highest truth is, what our deepest desire is, what our, what our, what our you know, closest connection to love for ourselves is, sometimes that does mean separation. Sometimes that means I need a monogamous relationship. Sometimes that means I need a polyamorous relationship. And we realize one of these things is our highest truth. And we also recognize that it's not in, you know, it's not, like, the same for our partner. Our partner's you know, preferences or needs or boundaries aren't the same as ours. Um, but so we have a lot of fear around communicating that highest truth. But the, the idea is that your highest truth is synonymous with your highest love. And when you share your highest truth, you're not going to hurt that person. You're not going to hurt their anything except for their ego. Their ego might be upset and feel like I'm being abandoned, but their soul is actually being set free because now that soul is able to go find what it needs and deeply desires somewhere else. So when you speak your highest truth, even though you think that it might hurt their ego, it might hurt their feelings because it's not what they want to hear, it's really setting them free because it's allowing them to go explore and find find that need elsewhere. Um, so the next question that I have is, for someone who has been single a long time, what's your advice to start dating again? Okay, so the first thing that I would say you need to do is get clear on your intention. Um, what kind of partner are you looking for? What kind of relationship are you looking for? What kind of experience are you looking for? Again, this goes back to what's your why. Maybe right now, again, you need that, you know, that monogamous relationship. Maybe you need to just date around and explore what you want and what you need in a partnership. So kind of determining what that is, what, what do you want right now? And all of these things are okay. It's again, that intention of my intention is to use relating as an opportunity to co-create and to, you know, have a mirror to see who I truly am and to continue to expand and grow. And when you ask those questions, you can say, what, what does that look like for me? What kind of person is that? Or what kind of dating style is that? Um, so get clear on what that is for you. That's the first step. I recommend journaling or meditating on those ideas first. Um, then do a ritual about it. So again, I would maybe once you get a good idea of what you want, then writing down this person or this experience as if you already have it. So writing down like, my partner makes me feel safe. My partner um, is aligned with their purpose. My partner is... Um, funny, my partner makes me laugh, things like this as if you already have it and especially focusing on what it feels like to be with that person. 
Um, or if it's a dating style, you say, um, my, like, my dating, I, I'm able to explore different people, which allows me to explore myself in different contexts, like things like this. So you journal it as if you already have it, though. Um, and then maybe do a visualization exercise, getting into that deep state of surrender and uh, connecting with the universe, connecting with your crown chakra and putting out that vibration of being in that space. So maybe if you're, if you're manifesting a partner, visualizing and sensing in your body the feeling of them caressing you or hugging you or that openness to talk with them. Um, you know, same thing with dating. Maybe you can visualize yourself going out on dates and having fun, things like like that. So um, I also do a little ritual whenever I'm manifesting a new partner. I typically do it around the new moon. That's one of the best times to manifest, to plant your seeds. Um, I'll typically do a dance, which is kind of like an ecstatic dance, uh, getting out of my head, into my body, moving around to um, let go of any stagnant energy from my last relationships or last thought patterns about relationships. Then I'll do the journal exercise, writing out what I what I would like to feel around my partnership. Then I'll do a bath ritual, um, thanking the water for cleansing me and for nourishing this new chapter. Um, maybe then I'll do an oracle spread to kind of get a sense of the energy that I'm calling in. There's like oracle decks or tarot cards that you can order on Amazon or get from a local spiritual store. I have a ton of them. I love them. Uh, and then the last thing that I'll do is have a glass of wine and I'll pour, I'll pour two glasses of wine. I'll pour one glass of wine for myself and one for the partner that I'm calling in. And the idea is that then you're celebrating this idea of sharing experience with this person. So those are my um, suggestions for the question was, um, I've been single a long time. What's your advice to start dating again? Um, and also go at it without expectations. You know, the right person or the right experiences can look very different from your, you know, ideal reality, but that your ideal reality isn't always aligned with your deepest soul desire. We have a lot of projections from the media and from our friends' relationships that tell us what, you know, we think the relationship we want looks like, when in reality, you know, it could be something completely different. And if you're you're not open to um, the universe surprising you in different ways, then you're not able to receive that. Okay, so the next question I have is, my partner and I are moving in together after dating for one year. I genuinely want this and it makes sense for both of us, but I'm also anxious and go through moments where it really stresses me out and I have a lot of fear. Okay, so in this situation, the first thing that I would recommend you to do is to communicate these fears to your partner and come from a place of, I am so excited to share this next chapter for you with you. However, at the same time, I have a lot of fear around this transition, maybe based on a past experience. Maybe this is your first time doing it and it just feels really unfamiliar and coming from a place of like, I want this to go as like beautifully and seamlessly as possible. So that's why I'm sharing this with you, not to tell you that you are um, stressing me out or you're wrong, but from a place of compassion and a deep desire to like make it work, right? So communicate those feelings, allow them to process it. And, and this is often better because what will end up happening if you do not communicate this um, instead you'll get to a friction point in your relationship or a moment where um 
you know, it, it kind of bubbles over and suddenly you just feel like you need your space and then you kind of like lash out in some way and that's worse than communicating from a place where you're already like chill and relaxed and, and able to communicate from an empowered place, not a reactive place. So after you communicate that, my next piece of advice would be the, then to make a plan for what to do when or if things start to get a little tough for you and you feel like you need your space or you're a little bit stressed out about the things coming together and things like that. And the plan that I would recommend is maybe say, if we get to this point, if I feel like I need the space, um, I'm going to, you know, take a day to myself, maybe go to the spa, take myself to lunch, do these things. And it's, it's not to say that, you know, you are doing anything wrong. It's just my, I need my space and let's not take it personally. I'm just going to go do this thing. Or even like getting a hotel room for the night just for yourself that allows you to be able to distance yourself, to get get your needs met, and then be able to come back into the container that you're creating, creating together, this moving in together, from a place of empowerment. Um, so, and often even just like having the plan, like not even like acting on it, not even using it, just knowing like, okay, my partner feels knows that like this is what I need if I start to feel this way and it's okay sometimes that's enough just having that contingency plan having that backup is sometimes enough to let go of the fear and to be able to move on okay so um for those that are just joining I am doing a live Q&A about tantra love relationships spirituality things like that so you're welcome to pop a question in the um the question the chat box um but i'm going to keep reading from a list of questions that i received earlier this week from my other channels so next question is what is it like to work with a tantra practitioner so as i addressed in the beginning of this chat you know tantra can mean so many different things depending on um, your intention really. And there are tons of practitioners out there and they can work in many different ways. I work in a couple of different ways, which I'll share shortly. Um, but my recommendation, if you're looking for a Tantra practitioner, looking for something specific, um, is sacredarrows.com. I have a listing on there. I have friends that have listings on there. It's S A C R E D E R O S. Dot com um, and you can kind of get a sense of the different things that, that you can that you can experience you're also welcome to just ask people hey like I'm looking for this kind of experience like do you offer this and they may or may not sorry I think that my um, I'm at my apartment and the garage door is opening and it's so loud I'm sorry um, so um, yeah definitely check out sacred arrows if you're looking for a practitioner um, but again, Tantra, um, is often associated with sexuality because it's one of the only modalities that includes sexuality as a part of the work, but you can have Tantric meditation, you can have, you know, Tantric yoga, you can have, you know, Tantric communication, you can eat your food in a Tantric way. Um, it's, again, it comes back to what's your why and living in your highest truth and connecting to an expansive state. So how do I do this? I work primarily in two ways. One way is doing my mentorship, um, which is a set of like coaching calls, and it's rooted in like helping people um, 
connect with their deepest desires, their biggest challenges, and then also capitalize on their greatest opportunity for growth. And I use the, the chakra system as kind of a guide to see where people might be holding limiting beliefs, shame, fear, guilt, trauma, sexual assault related to, you know, how they're operating in the world. Um, and this is, this is really about doing the inner work. Meanwhile, I also work in person with people doing body work. And this is kind of the more like intensive and you definitely have to integrate this kind of work, but it, it's definitely working in a more intimate setting, typically one-on-one, but I also work with couples, um, guiding them through exercises like soul gazing, meditation, breath work, different movement to help them recognize how sexual energy or kundalini erotic energy, how that moves in your body. Because once you get a sense of how that energy moves, then you're able to harness it and channel it into, you know, clearing these blockages that you might have, these limiting beliefs, manifesting your deepest desires, and also just living a more invigorated life. And I also do body work in in those sessions as well. And I use a mix of energetic, sensual, therapeutic, and erotic touch, again, which is focused on moving the energy through the body and allowing people to fully surrender to understand how that that energy works. Um, And it often brings up at, you know, when you're working with this energy, it's very vulnerable. It's very intense. I'll be doing a massage on someone and suddenly they'll burst into tears and start talking about how they were abandoned as a child. It's really beautiful and really deep, deep, deep work because you're, you're, you're rooting in the emotions, the energy and motion that gets stuck in your body. So that's, that's what a lot of practitioners do. However, there's practitioners that do BDSM in this space, which is really, really cool and something that I would love to get into further with my career. You can work one-on-one with people doing tantric yoga, meditation, breath work, all of these things. So um, the question was, what is it like to work with a tantra practitioner? It's anything and everything, as long as it has the intention of moving into a more expansive state. Um, I have another question here. What do you enjoy most about your work? It's very cliche, but it's definitely helping people. Um, I think that we don't realize like how important our our life force energy is and how healing it can be. Um, and how much shame, guilt, and trauma we have around our sexuality. So helping people identify what's going on in those spaces can be so liberating for them. Like, it's one of those things that the way that you approach your sexuality is really, like, parallel to how you connect with, like, pretty much every area of your life. Like, as soon as I started working with this energy – my career completely changed. I was more aligned with my purpose. The quality of relationships in my life greatly increased. My ability to set boundaries, communicate my needs and preferences. Now it's you know exponential, right? So helping people connect with that energy and be able to harness it and then direct it into, into this expansive state is so rewarding for me. And it's definitely what I enjoy most about doing this work. If anyone else has any advice, or I'm sorry, any questions or um, anything that they would like advice on, please feel free to just type it in the chat chat box. I'm answering questions about Tantra, sacred sexuality, spiritual intimacy, dating, relationships, love. So feel free to pop that down there if you would like, or if you have anything you'd like to add. I don't see the question that you're asking, um, Chuck Aboot, that's your name? 
I don't see a question. I can't check my DM while I'm on the live. I'm sorry, if you could type it into the chat box, I can answer it. Mm. Is it this? I feel like I'm going very slow in achieving my goal. My goal is to be the richest person in the world. Okay, so if that's your question, I think the first thing that I would say is what is your why? Why do you want to be the richest person in the world? Like, what does that mean to you? To me, this sounds like you might have um, some overactivity in your solar plex chakra, which is which is this one right here. It's right below our breast and above our belly. Um, the solar plexus is where our ego lives and it's also where our purpose lives it's about standing up for what we believe in and what we want and who we are standing up for our families um it's really an i am space it's like so the idea here is that you direct this energy into your purpose or your ego so something like wanting more money could either be um or achieving your goals could be maybe you're maybe you're driven too much by your ego, not so much by your purpose. So the idea here, um, so you said I want to make an impact in this world. So that that would be more purpose driven for sure. So the idea is like I want more money. Like what's what's the what do you want to do with that money? Like having more money isn't inherently wrong. Money itself is a neutral frequency, but um, what do you want to do with that? So for me, something that I recently invested in with the money that I manifested was getting a new apartment. And this is something that looks like, oh, she's getting this like really fancy place and it's, you know, extravagant and extra and things like that. But my why wasn't to have a beautiful place so that I could like have a nice place and show it off and things like this. It was about having the ability to um, invest in a, a creating a container to, um, host to host events and to host you know high vibrational gatherings and to work one-on-one -on -one with people in a container that felt really aligned with the work I was doing so maybe I would connect more with what's your why like making this girl this um, world a good place to live in for every species is what you said what does that look like for you how do you do that with that money so maybe focus more on the process rather than a number or like an actual amount of money does that make sense Another thing that could be stopping you is you could have limiting beliefs around money itself or thinking that that's the only way to achieve, you know, this desire to, um, to make the world a better place. There are lots of ways to do it without having money and a lot of them start with just yourself too. So maybe thinking about going outside of the expectation that it comes in, in, in a financial way and opening yourself up to all of the other possibilities, which can come by connecting to... Um, to that purpose and visually what it looks like and feels like rather than the actual like richest person in the world, if that makes sense. Yeah, let me know if you have any questions about those topics. Tantra, sacred sexuality, spiritual intimacy. Um, feel free to, to pop them in the chat box. It looks like, what is secret sexuality? So I wasn't saying secret sexuality. I was actually saying sacred sexuality, um, S-A-C-R-E-D. So sacred sexuality is really about bringing the sacredness back into sexuality. At this point, um, it's my, my belief that we've really taken the sacredness out of sexuality and it's become a lot more, you know, 
um, about just like getting this energy out of our bodies and like really like instead of honoring that energy and allowing it to cleanse our energetic channels, to manifest our deepest desires, to be able to um, clear, clear any lingering shame, fear, guilt, trauma. So to me, sacred sexuality is about bringing this back in and honoring the energy fully for what it is, which is really the most powerful energy in our bodies. Our, um, our sexual energy is the energy that literally creates life. So when you're able to, you know, harness this energy, you become an incredibly powerful magnet for the universe to call in what your soul truly deepest, deeply, what your soul truly deeply desires. Does that make sense? Feel free to follow up with, with another question if you have one. Someone asked, how are you, queen? Thank you for addressing me, Kali Khan, as, as queen. Okay, here, I see another one. What's your take on twin flame kind of things? I've had an interesting one lately. Someone who I know in 3D but have a lot of astral and 5D higher sex with, but it can be hard. Okay, so twin flames I think can be a little bit of like a buzzword in this space, and that's okay. And it can mean something different for everyone. But my understanding of twin flames compared to soulmates. So twin flame is someone that like often there's someone that's like you're, you're, you're typically following each other in many lives. And you kind of like bounce like this. Like someone ascends to like a certain dimension or a higher frequency. And the other person chases them to reach. And then they end up going farther, if that makes sense. So it becomes this like chase of frequency. And they're there to, to encourage you to keep expanding more and more. So that's why it can seem like, um, you know, he's kind of living in the 3D, but you're, you know, maybe in your sexual situations, maybe in your intimate situations, whether it's spiritual intimacy, physical intimacy, or emotional intimacy, you're calling them into that higher frequency. You're helping them ascend there, but it can be frustrating because especially if you have someone that's like, going from 3D to 5D, that can be really exhausting because you're jumping back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, rather than just maintaining one frequency. It's like going up and down stairs over and over again. It gets tiring. Whereas if you're able to stay at the top of the stairs all day, then you have a lot more energy in the end. Um, does that make sense? Feel free to ask another question to follow up. Um, to, to put the other end of that, so Twin Flame is this like, kind of chasing energy often, which is a beautiful thing because, again, it helps It helps the person that's at a higher frequency. It helps them really lock in where they're at and it challenges them to stay there because otherwise, like, you could end up feeling like, oh, I'll fall back down to this frequency, but it challenges you to, like, stay there, keep your high frequency, and also challenges them to meet you there. Whereas someone like a soulmate would – it feels more like you're at the same place. It's a lot like typically when you meet a twin flame, you're like really excited and kind of nervous and like, you know, but a, a soulmate, you're going to feel a lot more calm. It's a lot more of like a partnership, a lot more like equal energy. And that doesn't mean that you can't like have a long-term relationship with a twin flame. You totally can. You'll just probably go through that like you know, um, friction a lot, which is like kind of exciting. So it's not a bad thing, but a soulmate will be a little bit more like, you know, equal, equitable. Um, and then let's see you, where are you from? Your eyes is very cute. Thank you. Um, I am mixed European. I have some, um, some, 
uh, Irish, English, Scottish, Polish, and Czech. So let's see. Someone asked, women have been my biggest distraction. So how do I keep them aside and follow my purpose and goals? Hmm, that's an interesting question. So it sounds like you feel that, sorry, so it feels like, I'll, I'll read that one one more time because I think the connection went out for a second. Women have been my biggest distraction, so how do I keep them aside and follow my purpose and goals? So often with our sexuality um, or our sexual energy, it gets like overwhelming and we don't know what to do with it. So we like feel like we need to put it on someone else by having sex with them and doing these things. But the more that you're able to work with Tantra and following your practice, the more that you learn how to channel this energy and move it into your purpose and goals, which again, for you, we were talking earlier about the solar plexus, that's here. So it sounds like maybe you have a block in your um, your sacral chakra, which is the one right below it, which is having, your, you have a friction point here, getting it from your sacral into your solar plexus. Plexus. Because once you once you start to get so aligned with your purpose, you start to see what type of person and what type of relationship will um, satisfy and like complement that. And in that case, then you're able to really like see that like all of these women that are distracting you are actually not in line with your purpose. So it's much easier to just like let them go and be and be really present when the right people come along. Okay. Let's see. Um, interesting about your so the twin flame. Uh, you're both healers. What happened is, yeah, yeah. You're welcome. You're welcome. And keep like the universe will tell you as long as this twin flame is supposed to be in your life, you'll feel it. But definitely be aware. Like if they're staying at that lower frequency and not coming up, then just like let it go. It's not worth it. Okay, that wraps up the live Q&A. Um, just a reminder, I do offer those one-to-one -one mentorship programs if you would like to dive deeper um, and have a little bit more personal support on your journey with sacred sexuality or spiritual intimacy. My one-to-one -one mentorship programs are directly tailored to your needs. And based on our free discovery call, I will suggest a framework that fits your deepest desires, addresses your biggest challenges, and capitalizes on your greatest potential for growth. So if you would like to schedule one of those calls, please, you know, send me a DM on Instagram or uh, an email, talktauntertome at gmail.com and we'll chat for an hour and get a sense of what your intentions are, if you're having any issues and if, if I'm able to, to help you with that. Um, and if not, again, I'm happy to provide other resources and I'm also available just for like a quick, if you have a quick question, um, please feel free to just shoot me a, a message at any time. And, you know, maybe it'll end up on, on another live Q&A, but I'll also answer it in that moment for you as well. Um, but yeah, thank you again so much for opening yourself up to the idea of sacred sexuality and, and listening to this podcast today. If, it, if, if the message resonates with you, I would really love to hear about it in the reviews. It means the world to me to hear your perspective and your reviews also help this podcast become a bit more relevant in search results, which means that more people are able to benefit from the wisdom of spiritual intimacy. And if you'd like to take an even more proactive role in awakening the collective to sacred sexuality, I'd love it if you screenshotted this podcast and shared it on your social media. And if you do so, please tag me so that I can thank you personally. 
With so much gratitude and love, have a sexy and spiritual day, and I'll catch you next time on Talk Tantra to Me. Ta-ta!